today. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 19. 1 Kings 19, we've done a lot of things. We're going to do just a couple more things at the close of the service tonight that I think will be a blessing to you as well. And so I know we've, we've, we've packed a lot into one service on Sunday night. And what I have to give you tonight, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure we can do this in about 30 minutes or even less. But it's a lot to give you in 30 minutes, but I believe we can do it. And so you'll just have to sort of hang on tight with me, okay? And this is a little different tonight. This is something a little different the Lord has laid on my heart, but I feel like, uh, I feel like this is what God has for us tonight. And I feel like there are some folks in our church, you're here, and you probably need to hear the message that the Lord has given to your pastor tonight. And so I want to talk to you about this subject while you wait for God to use you. Uh, that's, not always the easiest, uh, that's not always the easiest place to be, uh, waiting. Uh, most of us just don't like to wait. And, uh, and so I want to talk to you a little bit about that uh, small word, W-A-I-T, but, but it's, it's a big thought. And so while you wait for God to use you. First Kings 19, when you find your place, if you're able to stand, uh, if you'll stand with us out of respect for the reading of God's word, First Kings chapter 19, and look at verse number 15, and we'll read down through verse number 21. The Bible says, uh, and the Lord said unto him, go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, he's talking to Elijah here, by the way. And just in case you're wondering, this is right after Elijah has been so discouraged. I mean, he is just, uh, Elijah's just going to quit. He, he, he just read, ready to throw in the towel. And aren't you glad that God speaks to you even in those times when you're discouraged? And that's what's going on here. Verse 15, and the Lord said unto him, unto Elijah, go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Meholah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I've left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he, talking about Elijah, so he, the older man, the older prophet, he departed thence and found Elisha, the younger man, younger prophet or prophet-to-be. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12th. And Elisha passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And the Bible says, and he, talking about Elisha, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slew them, bowled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, gave unto the people, and they did eat. And then he, talking about Elisha, the younger man, then he arose and went after Elijah, the older man, and ministered unto him. And so I want to talk to you about waiting. What do you do when you wait, while you're waiting for God to use you? You feel like God has something for you to do. God wants to use you. And by the way, we have a lot of folks in our church like that, which, make, which makes for a very exciting church, by the way, when folks don't want to just come and sit. 
They want to serve. <laughs> and we have people coming to us saying, preacher, tell me something to do. Man, I want to serve. I want to serve the Lord. That's an exciting time. And I want to talk to you about that. What do you do while you're waiting for the Lord to show you? So you may be seated tonight. And again, we're going to try to do this in 30 minutes or less. And so just hang in there with us, if you will. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your blessings, for the privilege to be here tonight. What a night. Lord, what a night. I would, I would hate to think that I missed this night, that I missed this service. And so, Lord, thank you for working in my spirit. God, in heaven, my spirit has been so encouraged tonight. I, I feel like I've gotten plugged in to the charger. And truly, I have, and truly, we have. God, thank you for speaking to our hearts through the music and the singing and the choir and the testimonies. And now, Lord, as we end this service with a few moments of Bible preaching and teaching, Father, I pray that you would breathe upon us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll guide and direct in the service. And I pray that we will glorify you and that we will leave this place saying, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. We love you and praise you, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. You know what's really exciting about the story that we read just now is this, and I've got this in big, bold letters in my outline, and I've got those big, bold letters highlighted. And I think this is what's so exciting about the story that we read tonight is that God had big plans for Elisha long before Elisha knew that God had big plans for Elisha. And that's, that's pretty exciting. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I do believe this. In my spirit, I, I'm not sure I can prove this, but I do believe this. I believe that God was already working on Elisha before Elijah ever came and cast his mantle on him. Now, whenever the prophet would, would take his mantle and cast his mantle onto another young, young man, it was the idea of, uh, of passing on the baton, of passing on authority. And that's what's going on here. Elijah, the old prophet, who's been at it for a while now, uh, who just came out of a valley, a terrible, terrible valley of discouragement, uh, God comes to him and says, I want you to do several things. I want you to go. And he said, I want you to anoint a certain man to be king. And he said, I want you to anoint a certain other young man to be a prophet. And by the way, I don't want you just to uh, choose him to be a prophet to the people. But actually, he said, Elijah, I want you to choose this prophet. He's gonna take your place. We notice in verse number, verse number 16, and he says, and Jehu, the son of Nimshah, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel, Mehola, thou, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. In other words, Elijah, this young man is going to carry on your ministry. And truly he did. Uh, and we know that, remember the story where Elijah is getting ready to be transported to heaven with a chariot of fire? And he says to Elisha, if you're here with me and see me when I'm taken up, uh, well, let me back up. Elisha, the younger man, comes to the older man and says, I want your spirit, but I don't want your, just your spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. And the older prophet said, if you're with me when I'm taken up, he said, you'll get a double portion. And surely Elisha received that double portion of Elijah's spirit. Not only that, but we find as we read the Old Testament, that Elisha performs twice the miracles that Elijah performed. Now, this is just introduction, and I'll give it to you very quickly today. But let me give you several things I notice about God calling or God choosing Elisha. 
Number one, I noticed this. When God chose Elisha, he was busy. Did y'all see that? Look back at your Bibles in 1 Kings 19, verse 19. The Bible says, so he departed, Elijah departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, look at this church, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him and he with the 12th. And I want to stop right there and say, wow. Uh, Elisha must have been quite the man. Uh, if, If you're not quite the man, you don't plow with 12 yoke of oxen. I'll promise you that. Uh, and, uh, and so one of the things that we find about the calling of Elisha is that when God called him, Elisha was busy. Before he, he was ever called into that prophetic ministry, he was busy. I'm going to tell you what I believe tonight. I believe this. I believe that God never calls a lazy person. So if you're here tonight, you say, preacher, I want God to use me. I don't believe God calls a lazy person. And so you say, Pastor, I'm waiting for God to uh, show me what he wants me to do. You have any advice? I do. Be busy until the Lord shows you what to do. Man, just be busy. You say, be busy doing what? Anything you can do. I mean, just get in there, do something, be somewhere, be doing something. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. Now, it doesn't matter if you're teaching in class or you're vacuuming the carpet or you're cleaning the chairs or, uh, or getting the cobwebs out of the corners, but just be busy doing something. And so when God chose Elisha, he was busy. Number two, I noticed this. When God chose Elisha, he was burdened for his family. Uh, evidently, evidently, Elisha loved his parents. Look what it says in verse number 20. The Bible says, and he left the auction and ran after Elijah and said, and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And so evidently we find here that this man, possibly a younger man, a young man, Elisha, evidently has a good, he has a good relationship with his family. And he loves his parents. He loves his mom and his dad. And I would just, again, uh, this is just introduction, but if you want God to use you, make sure that you have a good foundation with your family. Make sure you love your family. Fellas, make sure you love your wife. Man, love her like Christ loved the church. Ladies, make sure you love your man. Make sure you're with him. Make sure you support him. Make sure you build him up. Hey, kids, make sure you love your parents. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, boy, I hope God uses me. Any advice? Yeah, uh, love your mom and dad. I mean, just love the hound out of them. Love them. And so we, we see here that God, uh, when God chose Elisha, he was burdened for his family. Number three, I'll notice when God chose Elisha, he was benevolent toward others. That, that word benevolent means generous. He wanted to make sure that others were taken care of. Look at verse 21. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, two oxen, and slew them. So he slaughtered the the cows, is what it's saying, boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen. And then the Bible says, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. And so Elisha was concerned about others. And he wanted to make sure that others were taken care of. By the way, that is ministry. Ministry is others. Ministry is people. Uh, somebody said that people don't care how much you know until first they know how much you care. And I think, I think, at least I hope it is, I think that's one of the trademarks of Calvary Baptist Church. And I think that's why people come. And I think that's why people keep coming. It's because uh, although we're not a perfect church in any way, boy, I think, I think at least they know this, that when they come to Calvary, they're going to be loved. 
and we just care about them. And it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they come from. And it doesn't matter what their background is. It doesn't matter if they come in here and they're broken. You know what? We're just going to love them. Because the truth of the matter is we're all sort of broke, aren't we? And so we notice that when God chose Elisha, he was benevolent toward others. But I notice this, number four, when God chose Elisha, he had a burning desire to serve God. Look at uh, verse number 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing a 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12. And look at this now, church. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Here's the passing of the baton. And look at verse number 20. I love it. Verse 20. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. And so Elisha, I believe, had a burning desire to serve the Lord. Now, church, I want to say this tonight. I believe this. I believe that God has made big plans for you from the foundation of the world. You say, Pastor, you don't, even, you don't know me, though. You, you, you don't know where I've come from. It doesn't matter where you've come from. God has big plans for you. If God can transform a demoniac and turn him into a soul winner, God can use you. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. You say, Pastor, you, you don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. I, I, I mean, if, if I try to stand up in front of somebody and give a testimony, I get my tongue all tied and, and man, my palms get sweaty. And well, if it's any consolation, after 30 years of ministry, my palms still get sweaty. But I, I'm telling you, God has big plans for you. Hey, young person, God has big plans for you. And it could be that someone came to you and, and they said that you're nothing but an accident. Uh, you were a mistake. But I'm telling you, God makes no mistakes. And I don't care who you are. And I don't care what your name is. And I don't care what you look like. I'm telling you, God Almighty has big, gigantic plans for you. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Isaiah 43, 7, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Colossians 1, verse number 16, all things were created by him and for him. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Again, I want you to understand something. When you walk out of this building tonight, this may not be the most uh, dynamic message you've ever heard, but as you walk out of this, uh, this building tonight, I want you to walk out saying, God wants to use me. God has plans for me. You say, but pastor, I've, I've been through some things in my past. I get it, but I'm telling you, God Almighty has big, gigantic plans for you. But here's what I want to talk to you about. What do you do while you wait? While you're waiting for God to show you what he wants to use you for, what, what, what should you do? Well, let me give you several words to ponder. Again, we're, we're going to be done here in just a minute. How about this? Number one, the first word is the word patience. Now look back at your scripture again, 1 Kings 19, verse number 19. The Bible says, so he departed thence, Elijah, the older man, and found Elisha, the younger man, the son of Shaphat, who was plying with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12th, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen, ran after Elijah. Look at verse 21. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slew them, bowled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Look at this. Then he arose, then he arose, and went after Elijah and ministered 
unto him. Now, it would appear from the time that Elijah placed his mantle upon Elisha, from the time that the older prophet passed the baton to the younger prophet, it at least appears that it was at least 10 years before Elisha actually fulfilled that position. And so God calls him, God calls him to be a prophet, and yet it's 10 years until Elisha takes the room or takes the place of Elijah. I said that to say this, Calvary, God doesn't always move on our time. Sometimes it's a while before God puts you in the spot where he wants to put you. So don't, don't get discouraged and don't become impatient and someone says, preacher, I've been praying that God would use me. And God's going to. But don't become impatient uh, while God is, is getting you prepared and God is getting you ready to put you in the right place. Uh, David, listen to this. David is anointed to be king in 1 Samuel 16. But he, is not, he does not become king until 2 Samuel chapter 5. And so the prophet Samuel comes and anoints David to be the king over Israel. But it is 15 long years before David takes the throne. Now, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying be patient. Be patient. Don't get ahead of God. Don't get discouraged. Don't get a bad attitude. Man, just wait while, while God gets you where God wants to get you. Man, just hang in there and be patient while God gets ready to show you what he wants to use you to do. And so I was in the eighth grade, eighth grade. Only went to Christian school one year. Mom and dad sent us to Southview Christian School in the eighth grade. My wife grew up pretty much and her siblings, they grew up at Southview Christian School and uh, and so one year, mom and dad sent me to, uh, sent me to Christian school. And if I'd have had any sense, I would have I stayed, stayed right there is what I would have done. And, uh, but anyway, I was, there, I was there during the eighth grade. My, my teacher, one of my teachers, my Bible teacher, was a man by the name of Joe Hamilton, Joseph Hamilton. And, uh, and I remember one day we were, uh, for some reason, evidently we were doing some kind of a project and I was down the hallway and I was in the copy room with Joe Hamilton and, and we were making copies. I remember we were there um, at the copy machine and we were making copies. And Joe Hamilton, who was the pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church of Union Grove, said to an eighth grade boy, he said, Mr. Pope, what are you gonna do with your life? I said, well, Brother Hamilton, I said, uh, I'm, I'm going into the medical field. I'm probably gonna be a doctor. I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, you know, go into the medical field. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, Joseph Hamilton said, I don't know. I don't know. God might call you to be a preacher. I, and I think I said, oh, no, not me, brother. No, no, I would never, I would never be a preacher. Now, listen to me. Little did I know that 11 years later, I would become the next pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church of Union Grove. Hey, be patient. Remember Genesis chapter 39 where Joseph was falsely accused and he was put in prison? Did you know if you study that out, Joseph probably stayed in prison for at least two years. 
at least two years before God brought him out, exalted him to the second place there in all of Egypt. Uh, and yet, and yet Joseph remained patient and God had amazing plans for him. Now, let me say a little something here uh, to go along with that. While you're being patient, while you're being patient, be busy, but do this. Be sure that you stay plugged in. Stay plugged in. What do you mean, preacher? Uh, while you're waiting on God to show you exactly what it has for you, man, make sure that you stay plugged in to the things of the Lord. When I, I do Countdown to Courage Tuesday through Friday, and I'll, uh, although you can't see this, uh, I have on my desk, I have several devices lined up in front of me and all those devices are doing something and they're making something work uh, for, the, uh, uh, for the broadcast. Now, some of those devices... I only use them one time a day. Some of those devices, uh, we don't do Countdown to Courage on the weekend, not the, the, not the podcast I do. And so some of those devices don't get used all weekend long. And so some of those devices are exclusively used Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And that's, that's all they're used. Some of them are used only one time a day. But let me tell you something about those devices. I am faithful to keep those devices plugged in all the time. Even when I'm not using them. You know what? On the weekend, I'm faithful to keep them plugged in. Why? So when I need them, they're ready for service. Now, listen, Calvary, while you're waiting on God to show you what God wants you to do, make sure you stay plugged in. What do you mean, Pastor? Make sure you stay in your Bible. Make sure you stay on your knees. Make sure you stay in the house of God. Make sure you keep doing the will of God. Make sure that you're just involved uh, in everything that you can be involved in. It's very important that you stay plugged in. Let me, let me show you something tonight. Take your Bibles and turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and look at verse number 11. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 11. Paul the apostle is being held in a Roman prison. Uh, and, and Paul isn't free to move around like he once was. His liberty and freedom has been limited. And so Paul doesn't, doesn't know. Paul doesn't know what's coming next. I mean, uh, he ends up being martyred for the cause of Christ and his head is, is taken from him. But, but we notice here that Paul's in that waiting stage. He's in that holding cell, literally. And, uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, he, he is, he's waiting. Now look what happened in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 11. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, only Luke is with me. Then he says this, take Mark. And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Verse 12, Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus. Look what he says, when thou comest, bring with thee. And then he says to Timothy, and the books. Timothy, when you come, bring the books. And then he says, but especially the parchments. Now you say, Pastor, the parchments, what was that? It's this book right here. The word of God. That's what Paul is saying. Timothy, when you come, he said, I want you to bring some things. Bring Mark, bring my coat. But he said, when you come, whatever you do, he said, bring the books. But he said, especially, I want you to bring the parchment. I want you to bring the word of God. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because Paul is saying, while I'm in this holding mode, while I'm waiting to see what God has next for me, while I'm waiting to see how God is going to use me, Paul is saying this, I want to make sure that I stay plugged in. I want to stay plugged in. And be ready for God to use me. And so Calvary, listen, you're here tonight. You say, preacher, I'm just waiting for God to show me what God wants me to do. While you wait, stay plugged in 
to the will of God. But there's something else. Not only patience. Hey, number two is the word purity. Now take your Bibles. You're, you're in 2 Timothy. Turn back a page and look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And look at verse number 20. The Bible says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Now look at verse 21. Our Bible says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified. Whenever you see that word sanctified, it means set apart. Uh, A vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet or ready, suitable, for the master's use and prepared unto every good work, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, Calvary, I said that to say this. God doesn't use a dirty vessel. Now, you're here tonight, some of you, and, and, and I'm speaking to some folks tonight, and you have such a desire to do something for the Lord but you're not exactly sure where God's gonna use you, where God's gonna plug you in. You're not exactly sure yet. Let me tell you who else knows that. Satan knows that. And so the devil's gonna do everything he can to knock you out. He's gonna do everything he can to try to, to, try to defile you and make you a dirty vessel because God doesn't use a dirty vessel. By the way, neither do you. Neither do you. Uh, you say, preacher, I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't think that's right. Well, you don't use a dirty vessel either. If you went to the cabinet tonight when you got home and you got ready to fix you a drink and you pulled out a cup and you got ready to put some ice in it and you look down inside it and it's just, I mean, I don't know what happened. Somebody just didn't mean to, but they didn't wash it. They never put it in the dishwasher. It was just, it's a mess and they just put it back up in the cupboard. And you got it out and looked at it and it's just got all kind of junk in the bottom. Well, you wouldn't put your ice in that cup and fill it up. You know what you'd do? You'd discard it and put it in the sink. And you'd get you a what? You'd get you a clean vessel. Did you know that God's not going to use a dirty vessel to do a great work for him? And I can promise you this, and young people, I can promise you this, that God has bigger plans for you than you could ever dream Did you know just as sure as we are here tonight, there may be a teenage boy in this room. You may be the next pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church of Union Grove. You say, not me, preacher. No, no, I'm going into the medical field. I I could never be a preacher. Well, hallelujah, you're a great candidate. Amen. (laughs) And you say, pastor, I... I get so nervous when I get in front of people. Listen, I'm I'm just telling you, God has big, big plans for you, but Satan knows that as well, and he would love to try to defile you so God can't use you. So just a few weeks ago, they were calling for that inclement weather. Y'all remember that? Calling for ice, snow, some snow, ice. And uh, and some places got it. And so not knowing what was gonna happen, several years ago, I bought a generator. It's a pretty nice generator, and so I thought, you know what, I better go down to the shop and I better pull that thing out. And so I, uh, I, I pulled it out and I put some gas in it and I cleaned it up a little bit, blew it off, I hadn't used it in a long, long time. And I, I thought, I'm gonna get it up here and get it ready. And if, you know, if we get that I, this ice storm and we lose power, you know, at least I can plug some things into it and we'll, we'll run off of a generator for a little bit. And so sure enough, I brought it up, cleaned it up, you know, got the dust off of it, cobwebs off of it. I put a little gas in it and uh, I choked it real good. And then I started pulling on it. 
And I pulled on it. And I pulled on it. And I kept on pulling on it. And it never would crank. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried. And that thing just, that thing would not crank. I, I, I came to church and I talked to Brother Stacy. And I said, Brother Stacy, I said, you know anything about a generator? He said, yeah, a little bit. I said, man, I've got this generator. I said, I, it's hard to use. It's got not got hardly any hours on it. And I said, I, I, I tried to use it the other day. And I said, man, the thing, I tried and tried and tried to crank it. And I said, it just wouldn't crank. And I said, you think you can look at it? He said, sure. And so Stacy went and he got a carburetor. And he took my old carburetor off and he put that new carburetor on, put a little gas in it. And man, he pulled it and it <clears throat> fired up like a charm. And I said, man, what? What happened? And this is what he said. He said, preacher, what happens is when these things aren't run or ran and you don't occasionally get them out and run them, he said, those lines get gummed up. He said, it gets, they get dirty. And when it gets dirty, they won't run. And he's right. It wouldn't run. You know why? He got defiled. It got dirty. You know why there's a, there's a lot of Christians that are sitting out here on the sidelines tonight doing not, not one solitary thing for God. You know what happened? God had big, gigantic plans for them, but somewhere along the line, they didn't see the devil coming, and the devil was able to defile their, their vessel. And so church, listen, while you're waiting for God to use you, make sure that you keep yourself pure. We're done tonight. I told you I was going to be short tonight. Number three is the word preparation. Preacher, what do I do while I'm waiting to see what God wants me to do? And the word is prepare. Prepare to be used. Someone said that God has a prepared place for a prepared person. You know what's really interesting? We read here in 1 Kings chapter 19, we read about Elisha's call. We read about how the prophet Elijah comes and he cast his mantle on Elisha, and, and basically he sang to Elisha, we're, we're passing the baton, young man. You're going to become the new prophet in my stead. It's interesting, though, that after that, we read very, very little about Elisha. We hear hardly anything about him after that for a, quite a while. You say, Pastor, why was that? And I believe this. I believe it's because uh, following Elisha's call to the ministry, uh, I believe that Elisha is heavy in preparation. He's preparing those 10 years, that 10-year span that I talked about. I believe that Elisha is preparing during those 10 years. He's preparing. Now, listen, if you're here tonight, you say, Preacher, I believe God's got something for me to do, but I, I'm not exactly sure, and I'm waiting for God to put me in the right place. What should I do? Prepare. Prepare. Now, for some of you, for some of you, if you feel called to full-time ministry, you know what that means? That means Bible college. You ought to get some education. We got a lot of preachers filling the pulpit. So I'm not saying Bible college is for everybody, but I am saying this. We got a lot of preachers filling the pulpit who don't even have a clue what they're talking about. And they're leading people down a road that's not doctrinally sound and so if you feel called to full-time ministry, hey, you ought to get some preparation. 
It might be Bible college. It might be online Bible college. Uh, listen, it might be staying faithful to the services or getting involved in, in every aspect of the services that you can get involved in. One of the things I notice here is this, that it, that it appears that Elisha, as Elisha is training to be a prophet, we notice here that Elisha is training directly under Elijah the prophet himself. And while he's waiting to be used of God, he's serving and ministering to Elijah. Look at it. Would you look at it with me tonight? Look back at 1 Kings 19. Let me show you just three places and we're going to be, we're done. 1 Kings 19 in your Bibles and verse number 21. You say, wow, this guy's been called to be the next prophet in Elijah's place. You're right. Look what happens. 1 Kings 19, verse number 21, the Bible says, and he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slew them, bowled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he, talking about Elisha, then he arose and went after Elijah, the older man. Look at this, look at this. I've got an underline and ministered unto him. And so God has called Elisha to be the next prophet and you know what Elisha begins to do? He begins to minister to the older man. Look at, look at 2 Kings chapter 2. We'll read this quick. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse number 1. 2 Kings 2, verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah. You hear Elijah's getting ready to go. When the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that, that Elijah went with, Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, the older man said to the younger man, tarry here, stay here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha, the younger man, said unto him, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down, went down to Bethel. Verse three, and the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came, from, came forth to Elisha and said unto him, knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, yea, I know it, hold ye your peace. Verse four, and Elijah, the older man, said unto him, Elisha, the younger man, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. I'm going to Jericho, Elisha, you stay here. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. Verse five, and the sons of the prophets that were Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, knowest thou the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, yea, I know it, hold you your peace. And Elijah, the older man, said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he, talking about Elisha, and he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. I love this last little part. And the Bible says, and they too went on. You know what? Elisha had made a determination that as he was preparing, he was just going to minister to this older prophet. In fact, turn over, turn over one more page. Look at, uh, this is just great. Look at 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse number 1. And, and let me tell you what's going on here. Elijah has been translated to heaven, and now they're looking for a prophet. Does anybody know a prophet? 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 11, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord? That we may inquire of the Lord by him, watch this, and one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, look at this last part, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. Wow. 
Hey, this is, this is my advice to you folks that are waiting to see what God has for you, and especially you younger people that are here tonight. As you're waiting to see what God has for you, watch those who are serving Christ faithfully and just be with them. Be around them. Act like a sponge and soak up. Hey, young ladies, I got some good, I got good advice for you. Find a Miss Marie and get around her and find out what makes her tick. Find a J.R. Spies that's, that's been at it for all these years and still serving the Lord. What you need to do is quit worrying about being around your peers and find some of these older folks in the ministry that have, uh, that have longevity and a great testimony and they've been serving God for all these years. Get around them. I mean, invite them out to eat and say, listen, if you go out to eat, we'll pay for it and we just want to go and we're going to let you do all the talking and man, we just want to listen and we want to soak up from you and we want to learn from you and, uh, and be a servant to them. And God uses those who exhibit a servant's heart. Dr. R.A. Torrey, well, I've read some of Dr. Torrey's books. They're good. Dr. Torrey was the president of Moody Bible College, and he was pastoring Moody Memorial Church there uh, in Chicago. And Dr. Torrey had been out preaching for several days. He'd been out preaching, and, and he came in from a busy, busy time of preaching, came to the college, and, and he, had a, he had a load of laundry and uh, there were some students there in the office where he came in and he said, uh, he, he said to one of the Bible college students, he said, young man, he said, I've been out preaching. And he said, I've, I've got some laundry here that needs to be taken to the cleaners. And he said, young man, he said, would you mind uh, taking this laundry to the cleaners? And this ministerial student said to Dr. R.A. Torrey, I didn't come to Bible college to be an errand boy. But there was another young man in that, within earshot. His name was James Gray. And when James Gray heard that, he went to Dr. Torrey and he said, Dr. Torrey, I would count it an honor to take your dirty laundry to the cleaning. And so sure enough, he took that laundry from that man of God. He took it to the cleaners to get it cleaned for him. Several years passed. And Dr. R.A. Torrey left Moody Church and he left Moody Bible College and they chose another president and his name was James Gray. That same young man that carried that dirty laundry to the laundromat. You see, God blesses a servant's heart. He always does. And so while you're waiting, while you're waiting on God to show you what he wants you to do, patience, purity, preparation. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together. I hope it's been a help. Father, sometimes if we're not careful while we're waiting for you to show us what you have for us, we get uh, a little impatient. And Father, sometimes if we're not careful, our spirit's not exactly right. And Father, help us to understand that you've got a perfect plan and a perfect purpose. And Lord, when it's the perfect time, You'll show us exactly what you want us to do. You'll put us in the right place. You'll put us in the right spot. And Father, you'll use us like we've never been used before. While we wait, help us to be patient. And Father, while we wait, 
Help us to be pure. God, help us to make sure we reserve ourselves. Make make sure that we sanctify this vessel so it's clean. And Lord, so you can fill it with your spirit and use it to honor thee. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to have a church full of people that are heavy in preparation, preparing, studying the Word of God, spending time in prayer, faithful to church, faithful to Sunday school, faithful to the different conferences and meetings and revivals and all that we do here. God, faithful as we're preparing to be used of the Lord. And, Father, I pray that you'd help us to have a servant's heart at Calvary. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Just a question or two, we're going to be gone. How many are here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, if something were to happen, heart attack, stroke, and if I died tonight, I know that I know that I'd go to heaven. If that's you tonight, you'd say, Pastor, I know that I'm saved. You'd just slip your hand up with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking. Thank you so much. You can lower your hands. I wonder if there might be one here tonight who would say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go. I'm not sure that I I am saved. And I want you to pray for me. And if that's you right now, would you slip your hand up and raise it high enough where I can see it so I can pray for you? Is there one like that anywhere tonight? Just raise it up really high so I don't miss you tonight. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure about heaven. I'm not sure about heaven. How many here tonight would say, Preacher, I'm not exactly sure what God has for me, but I know one thing. I sure want God to use me. Man, I sure want God to use me. And you pray for me while I'm waiting for God to get me plugged into the right spot. If that's you tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed, you just slip your hand up quickly tonight. Just slip it up and take it back down. Man, oh man, do you know the potential that's in this room tonight what God could do did you know that God could turn the world around with the potential that's in this room this evening would you stand with us all over the house tonight Father thank you for this time we've had together I know this has been a little different tonight but I pray you'll take it and I pray that you'll use it Father I pray that you'd help us to realize that you've got giant plans for us God, you want to use us, Father, to to point many to Jesus. Doesn't matter who we are, doesn't matter what our name is, doesn't matter what our background is. God, you want to use us for the glory of Christ. And so, Father, tonight, I pray that you'd work in hearts and have your way in this invitation. And we thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask our personal workers if they want to just tiptoe down Uh, quickly tonight and we're going to take just a moment we're not going to prolong the invitation but if you're here tonight and you have a need and you need someone to pray with you we would love to pray with you tonight you know I haven't made this appeal in a long long time but maybe there's a young man here tonight who says pastor I feel like God might be calling me into the ministry. God might be calling me to preach the gospel. And I'm scared to death about that. Hey, if that's you, tonight would be a good night to surrender. Tonight. Maybe there's someone here tonight said, Preacher, uh, the Lord's been dealing with my heart about missions. 
And I feel like God wants me to be a missionary. Hey, if that's you, tonight would be a great night to respond and surrender your life to the gospel ministry. Preacher, I feel like God wants me to teach a Sunday school class or God wants me to help with the youth. God wants me to maybe sing in the choir. But I believe God has has something for me. If that's you tonight, tonight would be a great night to surrender, whatever it might be, all right? So we're gonna pause just for a moment while folks are coming. If you need to come, altars are open. You come while we wait.